Welcome to MHTV. We're really pleased to have you with us tonight. Um, we've got a very, very, very interesting topic to discuss. We're going to be talking about so-called honour-based violence, which is something which is very key for us to understand in terms of um, health and well-being. Um, before we introduce our fantastic guest, who's very kindly given up his time and expertise to, to talk with us, can we just go to Vanessa uh, to show us how we can join in? Hi, everyone. Um, just had a slight technical problem there with my camera going back on. Um, but the show goes on. We manage it, don't we, Nikki? Always. <laughs> yeah. So um, tonight I'm going to be covering social media. We're talking about on earth based violence. It's really important that you join in um, the conversation. Um, you can join in either on Twitter or X, as it's now called, just by following the hashtag MHTV. If you put the hashtag in, it should show you the um, the tweets that were that are featured in tonight's conversation. You can always add your comments there, which we'd love you to do, and we'll feed them into the conversation. Um, if you're on Facebook, then go to the Unite MHNA Facebook page. And you should see the live stream pop up there. You should be able to join it live and also add any comments. And again, you know, we'd love for you to join the conversation, add your comments, thoughts, questions, and we'll feed those into tonight. So I'll hand you back over to Nikki. Oh, it was really good to have you with us today, Sadiq. So before I ask you to introduce yourself, I just want to remind you, everybody, that if you are following on Twitter, you'll be able to see some of the really important, um, valuable research that Sadiq has been doing. We'll tweet that out as we go. So do be aware we'll be sharing those resources with you as we go. Sadiq, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Uh, um, my name is Dr. Sadiq Bamro. I'm, I'm a senior research fellow at Sheffield Hallam University. And uh, I've been working in Sheffield Hallam Universities over a decade. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, my interest in research is uh, about inequalities, uh, uh, health inequalities, and mainly uh, anything to do with gender. So especially the gender-based violence. And in the gender-based violence, my expertise and my research focus is on honor-based abuse or honor crimes. So, and I did my PhD on this uh, topic and my PhD project was a transnational study. It was uh, in UK and Pakistan. Uh, I originally from um, my country of origin is Pakistan. Uh, and uh, I did some uh, projects on this issue of honor-based abuse or honor-based violence uh, in Pakistan and UK. Uh, I have published uh, literature, which you already mentioned, you will be uh, sharing I did TED talk, uh, the next talk on this issue. So yeah. uh, over 12 years, I've been working on this issue. Uh, um, and my approach is, we'll talk about how I approach this issue from the honor-based abuse. So yeah, I live in Sheffield and I'm, I'm here, an academic. Yeah, fantastic. So when we're talking about so-called honor-based violence, Tell me a little bit about what it is and what, what language we're using and what's what's the best way of talking about this in a way that's helpful. Yeah. So if we <clears throat> talk about honor-based violence, we need to talk about first to, to briefly about the term honor. So then we link it up. So honor is, uh, as we know, it's a universal concept and it's a historical concept. It's nothing new about it. And... Uh, uh, this uh, notion, if in general terms, honor is used as a, it has positive meanings. So we give honor degrees, 
king's uh, honors list, our yeah. queen's honors list, all the mm -hmm. projects we give honor to each other, people when they talk honor. So mainly it's uh, honor. Mm -hmm. And if we, so as I said, it's a universal concept. It's a, it's mainly, but we need to, it's understanding, it's meaning, uh, also values and how it is uh, applied to in different societies or cultures is very, it's different from culture to culture, region yeah. to region, even time mm. period to time period. So mm. it's, uh, we have to keep in mind, honor is a universal, but its meaning is different and everything is yeah. different. So nice. therefore, we, we can't find a single definition of honor. So it's very contextualized, it's specific, specific in culture. But when we put honor uh, in combined with violence or crime or killing, then it becomes really controversial and it's uh, contentious. Some people say we should use honor-based abuse, mm. honor-based violence, or honor-based honor killings. Mm. Uh, but some people are, so some authors say no, uh, it is making this uh, crime as honorable. So mm. we should be using it. Mm. So it's, it's still going on, but mm. mainly in uh, in here in UK, mm. honor-based abuse has been used widely. Mm. And we will talk about it, uh, honor-based abuse in more detail. Mm. So, uh, and something about uh, uh, honor before mm. combining with honor. So, mm. This uh, uh, honor has one in in context of uh, violence or mm -hmm. um, honor-based violence. One definition is uh, very popularly used, mainly people use, and very simple definition. It's by uh, anthropologist, British anthropologist, Julian Pickrivers. So mm -hmm. he said uh, uh, honor is a uh, person's value in his own and others' eyes. So that's the honor in simple terms. And this is very widely used. So in this definition of honor, there are two key important. One is you honor in one's own eyes. Mm. That's uh, for everybody. But the honor in eyes of others is the important bit in the context of when we are analyzing or when we are understanding the honor-based abuse, then we have to look at that other side. Who are these others? which value you are a person. So these others are uh, social groups, communities. It be, can be a community. It can be a social yeah. group. It can be a caste group. It mm. can be a kinship group. It can be a family. It can be mm. a joint family. Mm. That important others who see or who judge your yeah. value, that's important in honor based mm. abuse. So, mm -hmm. so when people are something is hurt for them, then it's hurt not in their own eyes mm -hmm. when they go for this type of violence. And so it's mm -hmm. hurt in other people's eyes. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. value bit is important. So mm -hmm. when then, <laughs> um, so if we say uh, uh, it, it, it mainly depends on the uh, recognition and validation from the other group members. So another thing we keep in mind that Others, when we say, others who validate your honor, those are not others uh, if you are living in Sheffield or living in UK, any neighborhood. So next, no, uh, next door neighbor can't be your other. 
it mm. would be those people who are who know you who are related somehow to you mm. who share that value base i guess value base so and then other people who are the social group maybe they live in some other country yeah but yeah. your honor matters to them what mm. you decide that is to them they don't yeah. distance doesn't matter and yeah. I, even you know these days this distance doesn't matter so yeah. Uh, that's but how we connect it, isn't it? I guess how we it's not about how whether it's the person next door. So, it's about how you share that identity and how that identity as a group can be harmed in everyone's eyes. Mm. Everyone's eyes, and they were thinking about anything they can do. They were thinking about those others. What mm. would they think about me? So yeah. uh, it, it would be that that's the honor, and so it's actually honor operates in a very tight knit group. Uh, a knit social group it's not yeah. cannot be other in un, in context of honor based violence it cannot be applied to a whole culture or whole mm. nation or mm. uh, some uh, large tribe but it's a very mm. tightly knit group yeah. where there is a uh, honor operates in this so mm. so if uh, somebody's honor is uh, harm, harmed or damaged by family member and in particular family member would be a, a female family member mm. so mm. and the uh, that can be with the small thing to big thing so mm. it can be having a boyfriend or mm. uh, um, talking to somebody else on phone these days are mm. uh, just uh, choosing your own partner to get married some yeah. there are many reasons could be that mm. can hurt that that family's honor, mm. and then on the best of that uh, violation, which they think the violation of their family honor, mm. if they you do abuse or commit any crime, abuse or violence, or mm. in some cases a murder, mm. that is or uh, that's called honor crime or honor based abuse. So it has very different types of honor-based uh, violence and uh, honor-based abuse. I can uh, talk, uh, give you some examples. For example, forced marriage is honor-based mm. violence or honor-based abuse. Yeah. Uh, female genital mutilation, mm. uh, honor killings, uh, and also uh, assault, kidnapping, domestic violence, economic abuse. Yeah. long long list of honor abuse that's why honor based abuse is a kind of an umbrella term yeah and it can be uh, sometimes people call it honor based abuse as i said in uk some uh, in some countries is honor based violence is mm. and in some countries where honor killings are very prevalent so they're called as honor killings is mainly and other form of honor abuse are not recorded or documented officially so only honor killings so these are different term terminologies used, and but it is conte contentious. Some people say we should say it honor, we should not say mm. honor. Mm. So you've you've covered like so many points. I want to pick up on there, just so yes. many. <laughs> yeah, my head's exploding. So I think the the, the points you made they're very interesting. I think they'd be particularly useful for uh, people listening. Is this idea that um, it has to. Um, it has to exist within a small, tight-knit group because you have to share a specific set of values to the point at which you break social norms because it's not socially normal for anybody to hurt somebody. So it has to be something which is so specifically important. And I think, and I correct me if I'm wrong, there's a real 
gender issue here with the way that women are seen in many cultures and not, I would say, minority cultures. I would say in every culture, you know, yeah. because throughout time and history, women have been seen as properties or extensions of male power. And um, and that's something that whilst we in some ways think it's very far away, it's actually very present. People do um, make all kinds of statements about women that are clearly to do with thinking of women as property. And even things like um, father-daughter dances, things like that, the way that marriage ceremonies are, this it's absolutely so embedded in our culture, we don't see it. And it's very easy, I think, with something as, as extreme and as, as painful and shocking as honour-based violence is, to assume it's a problem that exists everywhere else and not in all societies. And I wonder if there's something that you would... Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned about our, uh, women as a uh, property, uh, so I argue on based on my research that uh, honor is uh, just like a currency, and women are yeah. banknotes, just yeah. like banknotes. So banknotes are, it has a value which we mm. don't see. Banknotes are just paper, mm. but it's given value to them by. Uh, we can't see some narratives, some financial mm. institutions, mm. they give value. These mm. are the five pound mm. five pound notes or this is 10 pound value. Yeah. Similarly, women's are the reservoirs of male honor, which is mm. mainly people's community, family honor in it mm. roots, it's the mm. male honor, which lies with women. Mm. So, and then that's why when a woman is, there are certain, I mean, mm. really, as I said, there are certain cultures or communities or social groups and their their operation, uh, honor operates in a very knit, tightly knit group where people know each other, where people's uh, decisions making matters to each other. Mm. And they have very particular characteristics yeah. uh, on those groups. And we, so those uh, define and decide those honor values mm. and where they apply. Mm. So for example, if I give you example, uh, when a father uh, from such social group uh, uh, suspect that his daughter uh, mm. has a boyfriend, so it will harm his family reputation in his, uh, mm. in his social group. Mm. So maybe it doesn't matter for him mm. that much, but if it is knowledge of others in the social groups, that will matter for him. Mm. So in this scenario, the family social group is not uh, its neighbors or people who uh, know them, but the people and the families who are related to them. So who matters to them? So also their opinion will matter to them when they make choices and decisions. Mm. So mm. now if this uh, person uh, suspects and it's not allowed uh, mm. it is dishonorable to uh, having a boyfriend by mm. a family member mm. then it's the pressure from the the group the community. Community. Mm -hmm. he has to take some action so in action depends on again in the uh, different context mm. so maybe if it's uh, uh, living in UK, there are tight laws, tougher laws, and there are consequences. So mm -hmm. maybe small uh, or something uh, to do just to get away with it or try to do uh, um, uh, kind of a harm in a way that he can uh, just go to jail and come back, mm -hmm. something like that. Or okay. take the girl 
to his own country or maybe yeah. somewhere to get married or mm -hmm. so it depends on the context that what type of it could be lenient to some simple uh, punishment to the yeah. and it's interesting isn't it because this is almost it's almost on one level it's not about what the woman or the girl has done at all it's about how the man's masculinity is perceived is he in control of his family does his law what he says goes and if his authority is challenged in some way by someone's behavior that calls into question the way that he's valued by people who he cares about and i wonder as well if in in a world where marginalized groups can have experience racial abuse economic stresses that the way that you you're seen inside your group is 10 times more important if you're facing disrespect and marginalization outside that group it almost pushes you in together to value each other's opinion to this extremely high high point does that make sense yes so it's a uh, it's actually this uh, honor i mean uh, since inception of patriarchy we don't know when it was in, invented yeah <laughs> since patriarchy and the values or concepts like honor, uh, loyalty, mm. uh, all these things were invented along mm -hmm. with because as a, they were they they function like a tools to control and yeah. controlling who controlling women and girls in, yeah. in, in a in a family in a society and it's where that's why when I started I said uh, so what is the trend because whenever these type of violence uh, given these names. When mm. people hear about it in media or in newspapers, yeah. so people link it with certain cultures and certain community yeah. without knowing that actually honor uh, is a universal thing people yeah. been doing, but sometimes mm. we don't look for those things. If there's mm. a murder happen in a, let's suppose a white family, and mm. we don't go into those, those type of details yeah. because yeah. Uh, we maybe say is a gender-based violence or a mm. killing a femicide, something like mm. that, but we don't go into honor because it has been uh, uh, the way framed in a way so it connect, uh, it's pushed mm. to some certain cultures and communities. Even yeah. the UN, United Nations has uh, identified more than 25 countries on their record where honor-based uh, uh, violence or honor killings occur. Uh, so they have and we don't frame people. it when it's a white family that way. But if it's a, a couple who've recently divorced and then the husband, you know, it's a, a very common thing. We lose two women a week, don't we, to to death by partners and ex-partners because they've they their control over that person has changed. And and it's it, it's something we just don't conceptualize it the same way. But there is yeah. huge amounts of similarity. So that idea about how we're framing it probably isn't helping either. Can I ask a question just before we move on? Yeah. <clears throat> Face violence ever occur to a son in a household? Because we say that obviously daughters yes. and wives particularly held yes. to account here. It, can it happen uh, to? Uh, so honor-based violence can be with men, boys, lesbian, gays, okay. bisexuals, transgender people. Right. But more likely to be a woman and girl. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, I mean, even if I could say, um, more than ninety percent happen with women and girls. Yeah. So, but it can affect men as well. Men are men are also killed. Boys are also killed. Um, uh, are, are abused uh, in the mm -hmm. name of honor. Mm -hmm. But it uh, is mainly uh, the men and girls. And it's interesting as well because you, you rightly say as well. Every now and again, it splashes across the paper, and you get a lot of uninformed comment on it. But the reason it's 
it's, it's you, you point out that it thrives in secrecy and how we frame it is very important. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I mean, uh, it's about secrecy is uh, uh, so because sometimes if people notice that something is happening, so uh, rather than uh, doing uh, suddenly uh, or something, so they need to plan, they need to secretly do something. So if if a father knows that her daughter is having an affair, or yeah. a husband knows in, in that particular social group where honor value is so highly, fiercely protected. Mm -hmm. So in that group, uh, if a father knows that her daughter is having an affair, mm -hmm. so it try he will try to 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 manage it in in a secretly so to how to uh, not react in a way that uh, uh, that could be harmful for him as well. He could go jail. He could yeah. go uh, yeah. So the, that's why in secretly uh, uh, talking to because it's not an individual act. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to the family, it involves all family male members and yeah. sometimes women as well. So because honor values are so strongly embedded in, mm -hmm. in the particular social groups that mm -hmm. women are took women took mm -hmm. part and they well, it affects the stock of the whole family, doesn't it? Of the whole yes. group. Yeah. So they decide secretly what to do about it, uh, mm -hmm. about action, how how we are going to do about it. If it is the uh uh, in the in, in through gossip or some other way, it's known in their social group about mm. anything. Then they might have rush and do something to uh, to restore the honor. Yeah. But if it is not in the knowledge, our people try to do secretly. Mm. And uh, yeah. uh, so that's the difference, I suppose, between being seen to make retribution. So I've been dishonored in this way, and this is what I've done about it or by knowing that there's a problem and trying to fix it before everyone finds out. Yes, everyone mm. finds out, those who secretly do something around it, okay, got married. Uh, I mean, women were married by force without her choice, yeah. anything yeah. else secretly mm. done. Or mm. maybe uh, secretly uh, taken out of school or university. So don't go mm. to school, don't, uh, uh, mm. uh, I mean, so there are restrictions are uh, uh, maybe stalking is done. I mean, mm. I did some uh, work on that, how they stalk. If they know, then they keep uh, somebody uh, uh, can be uh, kind of uh, spying on the particular yeah. person and seeing movements and here and there, what's, what's happening. Or mm. they, uh, maybe they have a control on their mobile phone to take out, take mobile phone, restrict yeah. all those things. So... Mm. It, it's a and the important thing in this uh, secrecy is about uh, is gossip. Yeah, so gossip play a very important role in honor based abuse. Mm. And those uh, uh, there are studies uh, and has been conducted in different cultures. And the gossip has been like uh, one of the key area uh, in, in in that um, in honor based abuse. So. For example, the, uh, people uh, see, uh, uh, make gossip or rumor about anything. I mean, without if they have any um, conflict or dispute, so they can create just gossip about somebody. So the suspicion can be enough. It doesn't even have to be real. 
Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, perception. Perception, you can still be at risk. Yeah. So from that, it can take a turn because in these types, nobody investigate. Nobody wants to know the truth. What is truth? Mm. Whether it happens, so they just spread the rumor and it fast quick. uh, I mean, it spread very quickly within the. As I said, it's an. No one ever spreads good news, do they? (laughs) Yes. So then uh, people are pressurized to take mm. action because mm. when it becomes a news. And uh, as we know, uh, I mean, the man theory suggests that the and the gossips are like living things. Mm. They seek to reproduce using human as their hosts. So once the gossip is there, it's uh, like a virus. It's right. a mm. human mm. to spread, uh, reproduce. Yeah. And people aid up things in, in it. Uh, and mm-hmm. when you know uh, uh, some harm is done, then people may realize about it. So yeah. it's secrecy, dangerous. gossip, and uh, many cases, people also decide on their, uh, one of the characteristics of those social groups is mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they think uh, we need to um, decide it, how we are going to, I mean, sometimes they settle matter within the group, they don't go out because if one family is suffering from this type of issue, so it mm. would be that next family could be, uh, it can be uh, for the next family. So what me about, I think that moral, moral judgment and actually being able to almost leverage your own power by knowing things about other people or being able to make up stories about other people, that gives you power because it's like your morality is higher. And then you've also got that fear of moral contagion. I mean, if, if this has happened to so-and-so's daughter, it could happen to ours. And you almost have like panic, I, I guess, happening. Yes. So, same as you mentioned about sometimes these groups uh, uh, are also used as a honor are attached to their identity. So, that's yeah, a part. Oh, sure. our women are well protected. They don't go out. They don't get married outside or they don't do anything because, because mm-hmm. they are our honor and they are in the and they feel proud of, about it that this mm-hmm. is our. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Yes, and because mm. interests are uh, same, so mm. if they, those groups then they decide, they res- decide the rules of the game, how yeah. we are going to play, where That's we really are, difficult. in what context we are. Mm. Uh, as you might know, there are uh, many um, women who were born or brought up in UK, but they were taken out from here to the their countries of origin, and they were killed. Uh, mm. They were married there they never mm. returned back and mm. it's still home offices looking something so these uh but they disappeared citizens it's really yeah, serious yeah. issue it's not like you're going home if you've never been there it's not your home so you're putting so many really interesting things when, when we're talking as well about mental health impacts you know you've covered things like you know trying to trying to maintain your safety in an area where people who you don't know could be talking about you creating a reality about you that's not even true your family might not want to hurt you, but might be in a position where they feel they have to maintain control. So you're you're very powerless, as you say. You're, you're living in a game and you're not making the rules, and the and the consequences can be stalking, having your liberty restricted, having your phone, your ability to go to college or education taken away from you. It could be being kidnapped, forcibly married. It could be being killed. So we're we're talking about a huge range of outcomes. What does that do to people's sort of mental well-being? So it's a 
it has very negative consequences, not mm -hmm. for only who are the victims of honor-based abuse. So mm -hmm. if there are victims, for example, they are uh, uh, put in a room and their mobility restricted, they don't want to go and meet friends, these things happen quickly. So when uh, they notice something, they think it's uh, uh, it can bring shame or honor to the family, and then they take actions. So uh, if the girl is um, um, in college or in a university, she would be locked up, uh, phones will be removed, she won't be allowed to meet with anybody else, and she has uh, everything. So you know what will happen then. To, uh, she would be depressed, she mm. anxiety. So it's a directly... Um, uh, mm -hmm. mental well-being of the person victim is uh, uh, already deteriorating. So she mm -hmm. will be suffering from all these things. Right? Mm -hmm. But not only that, but if she has other sisters, she, they would be witnessing this, what is happening. So yes, yeah. their anxiety level also decrease. So mental mm -hmm. health issues for them as well. Yeah, sure. And as I said, so many things, uh, there are many types. So if there are uh, honor-based abuse, they use different uh, different types of violence. So one is for example, economic uh, abuse is uh, also being done because of honor. So economically, so snatching the cards, uh, snatching the bank details and everything. So, she, and she has no money to do anything or mm. no go ever. So if she's uh, scared, she is uh, depressed. So there is a problem to uh, for her well-being, not mental and safety, and she can't have uh, access to help. She would be difficult to access. It happened in during the COVID nineteen lockdown. Many many women, girls they were locked uh, because of these things issues, uh, and then after uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, uh, we know uh, some organization they did research uh, and they came out for the help because before they were not uh, able to get help and their mental health was really really affected by it. I think as well with COVID we had when we had lockdowns it, it just almost turned little family community groups in on themselves as well and so if people did need to get away from a situation they couldn't because they had to stay in the houses so we had a lot more we had a big spike generally, didn't we, in domestic violence? And I would imagine that those tensions were not improved by everyone being kept sort of bottled up. So we've we've talked about kind of the the understanding of it and how how we can better understand this problem and how we can talk about it in a way that's helpful and not blaming. Because it's very easy, isn't it, just to throw our hands up and then blame a group and then just walk away from the problem and almost see it as their problem and not an issue that affects humans. So what can people do? What are, the, what are the ways forward? What have you found would be helpful? Yeah, I mean, one thing is uh, uh, about, uh, uh, I'm a researcher, so I want, first thing I want to talk about the research, because there is not uh, much primary data or first-hand information available there. So 99% perpetrators of honor-based abuse or any type of honor-based abuse are men. Yeah. And there are not many studies on men to understand what is happening. Why, what makes them to kill their own flesh? And loved. Yeah. yeah. What it is there, which makes mm. them to, uh, to beat or to force what it yeah. is there. So, That's so interesting. 
So now you, now you put it all that way, it makes perfect sense that that piece of information is completely missing. So, so like mm. the, uh, honor is an imaginary idea. It's it's an mm. abstract idea. Mm. Nothing tangible about it. But yeah. why it is so powerful, mm. which makes people, which mm. makes a man to kill, mm. murder his daughter, a wife. A completely ordinary, pleasant guy. Ordinary, pleasant. Daughters, no loved his family, suddenly just... No criminal history, no mental health issue, nothing, no problem. Out mm. of blue, everybody's mm. on the board and they take this action. Yeah. So something is there. We need yeah. to understand that. And yeah. from them, there are studies, uh, there is research about the survivors of the honor-based abuse, and which is mm. very important to know yeah. their perspective, to how to shelter them, how to uh, protect yeah. them uh, yeah. from harm, which is very important. But we need to understand about that social, uh, societal perspective and aspect of it, that what is there, which makes them people to do this. So That's research needs to be done. Because... Uh, uh, mainly you would see a lot of uh, uh, information is secondary information. People don't go and people have assumed, many researchers also have assumed that, oh, it's a very sensitive topic. People might not talk about it. It's uh, something mm. like that. But mm. being a researcher, you have to take this risk. You have to go and talk to and to go uh, and uh, take on board these people to what is mm. happening. So that's mm. a very important aspect to learn. Mm. And the second thing is about uh, uh, going, uh, working with the communities and social groups where you see there is a uh, prevalence of this type of honor, working with them to bringing mm. change from within. Mm. So uh, like uh, shelter houses for the uh, victims uh, or survivors is important. Training police about these type of issue is important. Mm -hmm. uh, aware them, this is important. Awareing uh, health professionals working with different communities, uh, working with the communities is important. Mm -hmm. uh, cultural competency or awareness type of things, these are very important. Uh, these are important, uh, necessary, mm -hmm. uh, um, but not sufficient to bring the change at the bigger mm -hmm. level. So mm -hmm. what would bring the change at a bigger level is about changing the narrative, changing mm -hmm. the honor narrative. What is narrative? People holding that narrative and mm -hmm. that story. We need to work with them to change it. Yeah. So we have historical examples. Uh, for example, I can give one, um, uh, two key pertinent example. One is the uh, foot binding in China. So yeah. long, long time ago, there was a foot binding. And again, it was one of the uh, uh, reason behind foot binding in China was uh, uh, like um, honor, family honor, duty, and all those aesthetics and things like that. Mm -hmm. So honor was there. Um, so uh, there was a lot of condemnation from the Western world. There was a decrease from the king that people, uh, empire, that people shouldn't do the, uh, this and everything, but it, it didn't change, not much effect. But mm -hmm. one, when people came together, local people, they yeah. were, uh, they called pledged groups. And they made this pledge that if I will not uh, mm -hmm. bind feet of my child, my, uh, my okay. girl, mm -hmm. and I will not marry my son to the, a girl who will be or uh, uh, eaten, feet. 
bound feet. So, and they pledged group everybody in the community and they made a pledge. And the there are thousands of hundreds of pledge groups prop up in, in, in China. And mm. the practice vanished. Yeah. That's a Sati, really good example. Yeah. Our wife immolation in India, an uh, uh, empire, a lot of empire people, they were Western uh, world or empire, they did yeah. many things, but it was not going. Well, mm. uh, one Rajmohan Rai, he, mm. from the, within the group, they said, look, what we this is what we are doing. It's a barbaric, all those mm. things. And mm. then change came. Mm. So similarly, like, uh, I think what is needed is to changing the narrative and working with those social groups or communities where this occur and mm. working from bottom to up rather than mm. telling them that, okay, this is wrong, yes. don't do this. It is not working. So mm. we need to go and work from the bottom to top and it can bring change. Mm. It can. And the key thing here in the context of UK, because there are people of different generations, so yeah. we need to take intergenerational approach. So first generation people might hold very uh, uh, strong about the ideas of honor and their identity and people. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. does those and the narratives are those does those story do those stories uh, reflect the first second generation people, their wishes and their ideas, their ideology? Mm -hmm. These are the questions need to be understood. So how to bring this, that their stories, their views, their wishes are reflected in those stories, those mm -hmm. narratives. Mm -hmm. of this. Then they can take this as a movement, like, okay, we need to change about honor. Mm -hmm. Why can't mm -hmm. be, my girl is dancing or learning ballet, can't be honor for me, rather than say, it's mm -hmm. a dishonor for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make some really interesting points. And, and as well, a lot of the ideas that we're sort of exploring and, and considering, they're, they're, they're very intangible, aren't they? So what makes a man masculine or what does it mean to have power in a family, to be a good father, be a good brother, to be, um, to have, as, as and as well, a lot of the kind of culture and heritage that people have is precious and special and and nurturing and, and you know, life enhancing. So how do you take out the kind of less savoury aspects, the aspects that are causing pain and, and actually leave the rest intact? So it's actually... It, it can only be done by those populations, can't it? When when you rethink what does it mean to be you and to, to have your cultural values. It's a really interesting, interesting Yes, I mean, there challenging. are... Good some, luck researching that. <laughs> there are some authors who work in these type of areas and they take mm -hmm. very radical approach. They say, oh, uh, these uh, people who do the honor abuse or honor violence are lost cause. They can't be changed. Uh, they should be, their culture should be changed and culture is called honor culture, this culture, mm -hmm. that culture. Mm -hmm. They think culture is like a very fixed fixed thing. It yeah. can't be changed. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Now, what has happened? For some people, culture has replaced the race. Mm -hmm. So, a long time ago, people used to say, if you did something wrong, people used to mm -hmm. oh, it's in your blood. Mm -hmm. It's your race. Mm -hmm. Now it's a, oh, it's, a, it's a his or her culture. Mm. Some people does wrong. It's, mm. They don't think it's, a, it's not the individual person did the, something wrong. Mm. But not the whole culture did something wrong. Mm. So and culture is a sensitive issue. And it's yeah. people's identity and uh, personality, sexuality, everything. So it's not easy to just replace the culture. 
and uh, no culture in the world is based on one or other no two notions okay yeah. honor culture honor based culture what does mean honor based culture culture has so many other things not only honor honor may be some one of the norm in the culture so mm. we have and you can change the way honor is thought of can't you exactly as you're saying you can still have a culture which values has values it just doesn't they just can't be values that end in someone being killed <laughs> like... definitely we have the examples of uh dueling here in india and oh sorry in england and europe yeah. what was it it was based on honor mm. but uh, english culture is intact there's no dueling and all those is gone with the um legal uh changes or some other stuff and um, people um, in uh foot binding is gone but Chinese culture is there. Uh, yeah. is gone, is abolished, uh, mm -hmm. but it's uh, Indian culture is uh, live yeah. and thrive. So yeah. every what is cultures are unique in their own selves. They are culture can't be compared. That uh, culture can't be uh, superior and inferior. Culture are unique in their own sense, but. Yeah. All culture have some harmful practices or harmful norms, yeah, which can be changed. Absolutely, that's a really sort of hopeful point for us. Just to pause, um, I just looked at the clock and realised we're nearly out of time. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> so, um, Vanessa, I just before um we start wrap things up, um, I wondered if I know I know it's very late. But I wonder if you had anything you wanted to add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess as we're coming to the end, I suppose my thoughts are. If people are listening to this and, and people are either victims of honour-based abuse or concerned about somebody in their mm. community, um, where where would they go? I mean, there are uh, support available uh, and there are different organisations. Uh, Karma Nirvana is one of the organisations uh, here in, uh, I think it's in, yeah. in England, but it's a, they help mm -hmm. uh, Savera is another organization. There are, I give some list of the organization. They help IKRWO. Uh, uh, there's an organization uh, help, uh, help, and they can also help get help with the, like other domestic violence. They get help yeah. from uh, yeah. police and uh, NHS, all organizations. But those who are on the side of help, if somebody calls them, they should take it seriously. Mm. Yeah. Think that's so it makes a difference of one call if mm -hmm. there is a one call and people took uh, the professionals uh, where help was sought they thought it's uh, some maybe a random call or they didn't pay attention it mm -hmm. might somebody may lose a life so it yeah. should be taken seriously on first call there are yeah. i mean you know banaz mahmood's case might heard it was a long time ago, first case, which made uh, headlines here about mm. honor killings. And mm. she went to police many times. Yeah. And finally, she was killed. Mm. It's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it should be taken seriously mm -hmm. on the first call. And I guess that's similar to all um, domestic abuse cases, isn't it? So the context different. But in terms of, um, you know, thinking about people who work in mental health, the context is the same in the sense of, you know, having that clinical curiosity. If you're concerned about someone, if you're concerned about how they behave in front of, you know, family members, if if you're concerned um, 
about any indications of abuse it is about having that clinical curiosity isn't it to ask questions and you know often clinicians can be scared of that because they're worried about the kind of worms that they open but I guess it's just understanding that there is help out there there are organizations that we can turn to for advice as well um, and as you say the police can often be a good source of um, support and and advice and um, and some of the cultural organizations you've referred to which will we'll try and share as well for people who want to um, have a look at those later. I've tweeted some of your articles as well that you've shared, so they're available as well on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really covered some ground tonight. Um, so hopefully this has been a starting place for, for anyone who's listening to think about how they might want to move forward, how they, and there's certainly the resources are out there, thanks to Sadiq, of, of ways that you can inform yourself more about this issue. Um, and is there anything you wanted to, to finish on, Sadiq? Yeah, I would, uh, what I would like to say uh, about, especially if we want to, when we talked about how to tackle this problem, uh, there is another way of, uh, I mean, there are many ways to do it, but one other way important is, is especially in the schools. So when schools, uh, uh, children should be, or uh, yeah. adult children should be, uh, I mean, uh, adolescents should be taught communication skills, how to communicate these sensitive topics, sensitive issues. Mm -hmm. So those things which have a cultural sensitivity involved. So they should be empowered and taught to, uh, their capacity should be built when they go back home. If something like this come up, how to talk about those issues, how to convince um, family members or how assertively talk to them not mm. like a, a fight, but how to communicate these yeah. things. So yeah. this should be, a, a, it can make much difference. So I've been working with one school here in Sheffield uh, about understanding of, uh, uh, I mean, sixth form uh, children, that how, how what are these issues for us to understand, what is honor, how it is conceived, and what are different uh, way honor-based abuse, violence, and things. And then it when it comes to the family member, how they are going to talk about it. Mm. It makes very big difference when mm. they are confident, they go back home. If something arise up, arise, they can uh, deal with it. Anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for your time today and no for problem. the for all the work you've put into something which is going to save people's lives. It's really mm. important work. So I'm taking a moment to thank you for that. Yeah, much appreciated. You. No problem. Um, next week, we've got more research on. We've got Norquah back. So if you want to see uh, researchers talking about their work, that's what we've got next next week. Um, a big thanks as well to Dave, who's been behind the scenes, yes. keeping the show on the road. Um, he doesn't have any questions, but we'll, we'll no doubt hear from him next time. Um, and thanks very much again to, to thank you very much for this opportunity and this is an important issue we talked about yeah thank you appreciate thank you. it thanks everybody and good night thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.